Well, if you get an email like that or you get feedback that is not super positive, it's okay to feel sad. Let's take a moment and go, man, that really sucks. Let's be gentle with ourselves because you know we're doing our best out here. And then once we take that moment for ourselves, we say, okay, I'm learning, I'm a human, I am growing a business. Every business owner, no matter how successful they get, they're always trying things new, they're always improving. So this is totally normal to get this feedback. So we can take this and say, okay, so this is now information that I can use to improve my service. I also wanna give the caveat, you're gonna get a ton of different ideas of how you should run your business differently and you cannot implement all of them. So you kind of have to do a check-in with yourself of, okay, does this really feel in alignment that I should make this change in my process? And is this something that more than one person has brought up? You have to know kind of when is there a time that it's on you and when is it like an external factor that like you really just can't control. Welcome to Check Your Aesthetic Podcast, the go-to podcast for self-starting creatives. I'm Katie Campbell, the owner of Katie Creative Co., a social media management agency located in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And I'm Alexis Aldrich, a Vermont-based content creator focused on promoting productivity that fits your unique lifestyle and growing my career in marketing and creative business strategy. On CYA, you will catch authentic conversations around entrepreneurship, social media, self-care, and the creative industry. If you're looking to grow your online following, boost your productivity, and connect with other ambitious female creatives, then you've come to the right place. Let's get into this week's episode. Hello, Alexis. Hello. How are you? Um, I'm pretty good. The tables have turned after Alexis's (laughs) four-week illness. I have now fallen ill with COVID. Um, I'm on the up and up. It was a quick... It hit me quick, hit me hard, hit me quick. Hit you very hard. Hit me very hard. I thought I was like literally not going to survive past Sunday. I was laying on the couch, like seriously couldn't move, like could not even get up to like fill up my water, go to the bathroom. Like, I mean, I wasn't peeing myself, but (laughs) it was bad. It was really bad. Um, But yeah, so if if you hear that in my voice, I know people hate when people are like, if you hear in my voice that I'm sick, it's because I'm sick. I know that, like, that's a pet What, is that, people. like, a pick-me thing? No, it's, like, people hate when YouTubers are, like, if you can hear from my voice, I am sick right now. Um, when they sound fine. Yeah, which is probably yeah. what's going on right now because you can't really tell that much. Um, but anyway, okay, I want to discuss, I th- we might have discussed this on the podcast, but I was listening this morning to um, what we said podcast, and they were talking about lucky girl syndrome, and I need, like, to- somebody, Oh my god, I'm so excited you brought no, this up. No, I need somebody to teach me how to make that happen in my life. Like, I need lucky girl syndrome. I am just gonna, like, be girl. honest with you guys. No, I'm gonna be girl. honest with you guys. Okay, you need it too, but- I'm going to be honest more with you More than you. When, okay. Very much more than it you It is right not now. a competition of who is uh, the least lucky. <laughs> um, but I'm going to be honest with you guys. I, I feel like, and I feel like you feel like this, Alexis, too. The start of 2023, we're recording this like early January. Like it's been like 11 days into mm-hmm. 2023. It's not been the most slay um, so yeah. far <laughs> for the for your, for the CYA girlies. Okay. <laughs> This is editing, Alexis. I am just cringing editing this because in six days, this is the 11th that we were recording this. In six days, Alexis, you are going to get in a major car accident <laughs> and total your car. It's not funny. Um, and almost died, but uh, you're alive. It's now uh, actually February 11th. Wow, a month later. Um, 
yeah, so not thriving. Um, literally no car, nowhere. I can't drive. I'm trapped here, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I just felt the need to update that. And usually mm-hmm. we come in here and we're like, everything is slaying. No. Not no. The first no. couple of weeks of 2023 have not really slayed so far. And so I need to be a lucky girl. Um, so I would like to hear what you've seen about lucky girl syndrome because I would like that to happen to me. Okay. So I'm so glad that you brought this up. And I feel like kind of a little bit of a psychopath oh my admitting God. this. But not really because it's all over TikTok. So whatever. But if you don't know what Katie is talking about recently, as we're recording this, um, kind of as like the new year came around, um, there was a couple TikToks that went viral that was like people talking about how um, like if you say, I'm so lucky, like everything works out for me, that like that will like then turn into that coming true. Um, and I saw those videos. I also had multiple people send them to me and I was like, is this either, like, people trying to share this or is this people being, like, you are so unlucky and your life literally is Your life's going so poorly. Shit pile you this. That you need this. And I'm, like, honestly. You're well, one who's a slut. Um, Thanks, guys. Yeah, whatever. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, but, so since then, also, just to plug, um, my Hustle Sanely Planner and my Hustle Sanely, or my um, Peacefully Productive Journal from Hustle Sanely. Oh, I've been, been doing that every... Yes, I've been doing it every day and um that has just helped like change my perspective on like my days I kind of I think that it's very easy for me at least to wake up and Katie you've kind of talked about this like being kind of like a negative person yeah and just kind of like your like inherent like immediate response is just to kind of like even if it's not like the most negative, it's just kind of like a pessimistic view. Yeah, and I and genuinely, I, like, it's such. I I just before you keep going, it's I've always yeah. struggled with that, and that's just always been like kind of how I am, and it has such yeah, a negative connotation, same. obviously, because it's not the best way to be. But like, it's so hard to it's to, and it's hard to like just not adjust. be that way if that's like how you are. Like, I'm not yeah. saying I'm sitting here being like every my life sucks, but like I kind of think of, and I think a lot of it is anxiety for me. I think of like yeah. the worst case scenario and like convince yeah. myself that's what's going to happen. That's going to happen, you know? exactly. So this has helped me. Like it, right every day, you have to write down things that you're grateful for, what you're proud of that you did that day, what you're excited for that day, um, and like ways that you're gonna, you know, move towards your goals. Anyways, I'll stop ranting about the Hustle products, but bringing it back to the lucky girl thing I have every day there's like a part where it's like kind of like an open page journal and you're supposed to write like write down your thoughts whatever um and every day I have been I kind of want to go get it but I maybe I can think of it off the top of my head but I've been like writing down this literal like passage and it's the same thing every day and it says something about like um it starts with like I'm so lucky everything works out for me um, I am in a perpetual state of stability and security, like something else I don't really remember, but I feel kind of crazy writing it at times because I'm like, girl, no, I'm not. <laughs> like, I am like, right now, no, I'm not. Like, I like, am so secure. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I'm so rich. And like, uh, no. Um, but I do think that like, if anything, Like, we had an episode, like, a year ago about manifestation, and I think that, like, you know, like, you have to take it, it's kind of like, like, 
zodiac you know you kind of have to take it like a little bit with a grain of salt but i do think that for me at least my perspective and today's only the 11th and i've been doing this since i want to say like the first or the second and i genuinely feel like in this these past like let's say 10 days what has changed for me is that i am less likely to like hold on to the negative thoughts and be like this sucks for me. I literally am nothing is ever going to be good again. My life is over. This one thing that happened to me, it's going to be the detriment of like whatever situation. I feel like by saying like, even if you just want to switch it to like everything will work out, you mm-hmm. know, like everything always works out for me. Yeah. That has helped me so much. And I do say along with it, like I'm so lucky, but even I saw a TikTok that a girl was like, I say it even like if a light is red and then it turns green when I get up to it. Just yeah, saying, well, like, I'm so lucky. I think it changes you know? what you notice in your day. And I think that's, like, the yeah. big thing between, like, that's the difference between a pessimist and an optimist, I think, is, like, yeah. what you're noticing. Because in general, I would say a lot of us probably have the same. There are some people. We all know, like, one person who was, like, just fucking unlucky. Like, so unlucky. <laughs> or, like, somebody who's so lucky Me, and just, like, right wins, now. like, you know, like, we know yeah. somebody who's really lucky and, like, wins giveaways all the time and, like, things like that. Yeah. But I think in general, the difference between a pessimist and an optimist and, you know, being lucky and unlucky is kind of like what you're putting your attention towards. And that's something that I struggle with a lot is getting in that spiral where I'm putting all of my attention towards the bad things that are happening and like completely ignoring the good things. Like, for example, I'm just going to be vulnerable here with you guys. I lost a client last week, but I also gained a client last week. And I'm only paying attention to having lost the client. So I'm only paying attention to having lost the client and not paying any attention to having gained the client. So I think... Right. Anyway, me and Rubo think that you <laughs> that you should be more optimistic in, in 2023. Um, and Alexis, I'll let you. With that, I'll let you introduce the guest. Yep, let's go ahead and do it. Okay, Katie's muting herself, so I can go ahead. But I genuinely do want to say we haven't mentioned it yet, but this episode was amazing, and it does say I'm guessing I haven't written the title yet, but I'm assuming that it probably says something about. Um, like client experience, like elevated client experience, something like that. And I want to make it clear that that is mostly in, okay, I'm so sorry, guys. Literally everything, the fire truck is happening again, and that's will happen later in the episode. Everything is going wrong for us right now. We are just not two lucky girls. Client experience is what we're talking about today, and I want to make it sure that everyone knows that if you are a product-based business, keep listening to this episode. This episode is still very much applicable to you and to your business. Maybe some of the things won't be, but I do think that like customer experience and client experience have a a lot of crossover. Um, But anyways, that being said, Devin Lee is who we had on today. She is an entrepreneur. She is, as she says, the fun big sis for your biz, which is very slay. Um, so she is a certified online business manager and certified Dubsado specialist. So she talked a lot about Dubsado and how it can, you know, be implemented to kind of streamline parts of your businesses and put things into place. Um, but she also specializes in just helping you get your time back in your business, which will then give you your energy back, which will then give you more time to perfect, perfect your client's journey and kind of put things on autopilot so you're not like focusing on the like stupid little things that you don't need to be putting so much energy into. Um, But yeah, she had so many great tips and things to say. And I've said this before on other episodes, um, 
with guests, but I was hearing in my mind, I was pre-editing and thinking like, oh, there's a clip. There's another clip. All right, that's a clip. Um, so this will definitely be a, a notepad, note-taking episode, I believe. I'm back after calming my dog, um, dog mom of the year. But yeah, I just want to second all of that as a service provider myself. I said this um, at the end of the episode, or maybe I said it after we recorded, but I will I will be back and re- listening to this again and taking notes. Um, client experience is one of my big goals to improve in 2023. And this episode was just amazing for that. So let's go ahead and get into the episode with Devin. Hi, Devin. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience for anyone that is new to you. Amazing. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me on. Um, I'm Devin Lee. I am a certified online business manager and a certified Dubsado specialist. I work with service providers to create ideal client journeys, and then we put them on autopilot using a tool called Dubsado, which is a CRM. Amazing. I love that. I have been considering making the switch to Dubsado because everybody is obsessed with it. Um, so we'll see if I get convinced by the end of this episode. <laughs> let everybody know. Um, but okay, so I'm a service provider myself and something that I feel like people talk about a lot but kind of tends to turn into kind of a buzzword is client experience. So let's kind of talk about client experience and define that term and break down what it encompasses for our listeners who are like, okay, what are you really talking about when you say client experience? Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think we hear that word client experience and it just kind of goes in one ear, out the other, like we know we need a good client experience. But I don't know if we take a step back and really think about what are my clients experiencing? Because You know, there's the baseline of like, yeah, it'd be nice for them to feel excited to work with us. You know, there's, I think there's, you know, I talk a lot about like making an elevated client experience where you send client gifts and Mm -hmm. add in your branding and colors. And I like to add in like gifts and videos. Um, But there's also uh, an element of client experience that is about getting your clients what they need when they need it. And also getting yourself what you need when you need, when you need it. Um, so for example, you know, when we get a new lead, that's really exciting. And then all of a sudden we have to send them a contract, send them an invoice, send them a questionnaire. Um, oh, send them this info. Oh, they have this question. And if that's a really disjointed experience, like if it's not for you, fun for you as the business owner, your client's probably not having a good time either. So one, Mm -hmm. you're making a bad first impression. I actually, this is real. This happened to me yesterday. Someone I hired last month for a service. They sent me a text yesterday telling me my invoice was overdue and I I might have a late fee if it happens again. And I said, hi, did you send me an invoice? And they go, no, we didn't send you one. And so, and I'm like, okay, you have to send me an invoice for me to pay it. And so moments like that where like their service that they provide, they might be really good at it. I'm hoping they're really good at it because I hired them. Um, but I'm immediately losing trust with them. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And in addition, they're not getting paid. So there's all these external factors that are included in client experience that aren't just impressing your client, being flashy, making them feel good, even though I like to talk about that too. It's also just like, are you able to even do your job? Right. If your client be trustworthy. Experience, exactly. If your client uh, experience is disjointed. Yeah, definitely. So I love the word that you used elevated for like an elevated client experience. So on the perspective of the client that someone is hiring, why do they want to feel, I think that's kind of an, you know, an obvious answer, but why do they want to feel an elevated experience? And how can that kind of change the perspective that they have of the service provider? 
Yes. Okay. So there's a story I like to tell about this, um, about a manicure that totally changed the way I viewed client experience. So this was years ago um, in the Bay Area. My best friend used to live in San Francisco and she lived above this nail salon. Um, and so one time I came to visit her, she's like, you have to go to High Five Nail Salon. They're just below. I walked by, I peeked inside. The branding was super cute. I went on their website, very cohesive branding, um, very matched my like aesthetic. Um, mm -hmm. So I already was drawn to them before even walking inside. Now I've gotten my manicure done many times as many of us have. Um, and I'll say the manicure was like very basic. There was no gels or acrylics. It was just regular nail polish. There was like 20 colors to choose from. There weren't sparkles or stamps. It was clean, professional, took the normal amount of time, but it totally blew me away because before I even walked in, first of all, booking online was super easy. And I had never done that before myself getting a manicure. I'm sure other places do it, but I've usually had to just walk in or call. Mm -hmm. I could book online with a scheduler. They took my credit card information so that I didn't have to like fumble for it while I'm getting my oh, nails wow. done, which is always awkward. Mm -hmm. As soon as I um, booked my appointment, I immediately got automated emails giving me information on what to expect. Even though I had gotten my nails done before, they're like, we're just going to tell you because you've never been here before. And that just made me feel like really secure and supported. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I also got an automated email from the owner just saying, hey, I noticed that this is your first time. If you have any questions, just respond to this email. Let me know. When I got there, I had a great time. They like checked in with me while I was getting my nails done. Do you need anything? As I left, um, they gave me more info on how to make my nails last longer, which again, I've gotten my nails done so many times. No one's ever given me tips on how right. to make the mm -hmm. manicure last longer. And then they surprised me with a bunch of goodies, like a little bag. I still have it today. I think it's been like five years. It has their name on it. It had like nail file and stickers and like useful wow. things, not junk. They were partnering with Topo Chico. So I got like a little fizzy drink. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And then I got follow-up emails like, hey, just so you know, you can come back in seven days if you need to touch up. I still won't stop talking about this manicure because even though it was just like a regular, quote unquote, regular manicure, I felt like they really understood me. I felt yeah. like they really appreciated me. I felt really cute. And I just felt like, oh, this place is special, just like me. I want to go there mm -hmm. again. Um, and mm -hmm. so that's something I think about is like when you are giving a client experience to your customers, which we all do, whether you do it intentionally or not, does it? do you want it to match your brand values? Do you want them to feel safe and supported? Right. Um, and I also like to mention that, you know, when you have this kind of over the top elevated client experience, it leaves more room for error. Like stuff yes. like that, stuff's going to go wrong. Tech's going to go wrong. Human error is a thing. And instead of folks going, I can't believe they, you know, forgot to send me my invoice this month. If I'm usually so well taken care of, I'm going to go, oh, that's just a fluke. They yep. normally would not do that. So it kind of yep. gives a lot of grace. So anyways, I could go on. There's lots of reasons, but those are kind of like the core, um, the core ways I see an elevated client experience. I love that so much. Yeah. And personally, as someone that I barely ever go to the nail salon, Katie goes like, I feel like every day, but I... <laughs> no, I just go on a regular schedule. Yes. I just always have my nails done or else I'll chew them down to nothing. Yes. Um, but I, like, never go to get my nails done, and I feel like it's such a, like, I don't know. It's, I'm a pretty confident person most of the time. I don't have a problem walking into a, a, a 
place that I've never been or a place that like I don't know people but something about going into a nail salon is like kind of intimidating and especially like I don't know really like I I've gotten my nails and I know what's gonna happen but I think that like from their perspective they probably know that that like you know some people may feel too intimidated to even like go in and like step in and walk walk into the building and ask for an appointment but by having like the online they're taking that kind of like consumer you know um hesitation out of it um and really making the newbies feel so welcome and especially since that was your first time you got so much extra stuff than that personally would make me feel so much more comfortable and I'm not some like idiot that doesn't know you know what's going on um so I really love that but I want to talk about onboarding and kind of like the beginning experience because we can talk about you know invoicing but invoicing doesn't happen until onboarding (laughs) happens first um so what should be included in the client onboarding and what kind of should that process look like Totally. And I'll even, I'll start like just a step before the official onboarding. Um, yeah. You know, the first thing to think about when you're thinking about your client's experience is how do they even get in touch with you? So do mm-hmm. they want to yeah. book a call straight on your website? Are they filling out a form of uh, an application for interest? Um, are they emailing you? It doesn't matter which, you know, route you choose. You have to do what's best for you and what you think is most, um, you know, most convenient for your clients, but just choose Mm -hmm. one. And then whatever you choose, make sure there's some sort of lead capture form where you can get their basic info so that you can kind of look them up ahead of time. Right. Um, If you're using Dubsado, the lead capture form will also automatically create a project and start a workflow, but we can get more on that later. Um, So by the time you're on the sales call, you already know a little bit about them. Once they say yes, you need to send them um, a contract and an invoice, of course. Um, I use Dubsado, so I use a proposal. There are like traditional proposals where you're like, this is your customized uh, service that I'm making just for you. I like to use a proposal even kind of as like a last minute sales, not, not last minute, last stop sales page where mm-hmm. I put in like, here's a reminder of what you're buying from me. Here's a little bio mm-hmm. about me, about why I'm the best to support you in this offer. Um, here's a testimonial, here are next steps. I'm gonna repeat the next steps over and over again so you're not forgetting or confused and kind of making them feel really, really excited about working with me. And then because I use Dubsado, the contract and the invoice are attached to the proposal. So it's a one, two, three step. They're not having to go through all these emails. And then mm-hmm. once those are done, now from there it kind of you know goes to the delivery, um, which can look different for everyone. You should definitely have some sort of um, like welcome email, maybe you have a welcome call, or um, when I was an online business manager on Retainer, I had just a web page that was hidden on my website, and so when I got a new client, I would send them there, and it had videos of like, this is what it's like to work with me, here are my boundaries, here are questions you might have, Um, here's a link to schedule a meeting with me if you need a last minute uh, meeting. And this welcome email or call or web page is just getting them all the info so they feel like I know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I feel very secure. Um, I'm not lost at all. Because as you were saying before, um, you know, not only should we make it easy for our clients, but we f- I think we forget because we know our services so well and our industry so well. I think we forget our clients are coming to us like 
almost like children. With no knowledge. Right. They do not know what's going on. So you have to keep reminding yeah. them. Um, I also recommend, you know, depending on the service, there might be an onboarding questionnaire where you're getting information from them to get started. And then from there can kind of diverge into um, the different things um, that, you know, align with your service. But that, those are kind of the important points to hit with onboarding. Definitely. Yeah, and I feel like as a service provider myself, I feel like you're getting somebody to sign one for usually a pretty high ticket offer. I feel like most service providers, it's it's usually pretty high ticket. And I've said this on the podcast before, but you know they they sign their contract and their invoice, and then if they get crickets back, they're like, uh oh, what did I just pay a thousand dollars for? So you know things like a welcome packet or a welcome web page or a welcome call, all of those kinds of things. Even though you're not actually giving them anything, you know, any of your service yet, because, you know, a lot of times those take time to kind of happen. It takes time for you to do your work and all that stuff. They're still getting something so that they aren't feeling kind of like they're just hanging there like, oh my gosh, I just spent this much money. Like, am I going to regret it? Um, And I definitely, um, in the past couple of months, have been working on my onboarding and just my client experience overall. And I've definitely noticed a difference, especially like you said earlier, kind of going back to that point of there's more grace when people, you know, when you give them that good experience throughout the entire experience working together, there's, you know, there is more grace when something comes late or like, for example, this week I got sick and I don't have to worry about my clients being like, oh my God, she's telling me something's going to come a day later than usual. Like, is it going to come? They know it's going to come. It's obviously going to come. It's just going to come a day later than usual because I got hit with a sickness. But I think that's a really good point. Um, Giving them something there at the beginning, I think, really helps to make them not feel like they've just sent you their money a bunch of money and then they're like when am I gonna what is going on I forgot when she said I was gonna get this I forgot when she said you know like I don't I don't remember everything that I say on discovery calls so I know the clients don't remember everything that they say on discovery calls or that I say um even though I have it written down is the difference between me and the client but um yeah I feel like that's really important absolutely and that's this is where I'm going to plug automations as well where if your client journey is automated your client doesn't have to wait for you to see that they paid their invoice and then send them their welcome email. It will just happen mm-hmm. automatically. Right. And then they don't. And then you can just be like, you can be sick. You can be on vacation. You can be working with another client. And this client is still getting everything that they need. Right. Definitely. Yes. So I wanted to also just interject that if a listener is not a service provider and is a product, like has a product-based business, I've been thinking this entire time that all of these like characteristics of a business can 100% be applied to your product-based business as well. So when we're talking about like, I don't know, the the automation, as soon as you get, as soon as someone purchases an order, you should have it in place that they get an email saying like, thank you for your order. Here is like a tracking, you know, label when they're coming like to the website it's the same thing as if they're purchasing a service or purchasing a product obviously the decision is going to be like a little bit less for like a 25 dollar t-shirt versus like multiple thousands of dollars for like a service but yeah i think that like this episode can very much still apply to you um if you are a product-based business but another thing that you mentioned earlier was boundaries and i think that that's such an interesting part of being I want to say a service provider, but also just a business owner in general. Like it's, it's very difficult to set those boundaries for yourself since you want to provide your 
customers and clients with like the best experience, but like at what cost of your of yourself. So what are some of your tips for making sure that you're maintaining like a healthy working relationship with your clients and customers? Oh my gosh, this could be a whole podcast episode on its own. <laughs> um, it should be. Think, That's a good idea. We should write that down. <laughs> yeah, you should. I'll, I'll come. I'll be on the panel. I think boundaries <laughs> are everything, really everything. Absolutely. And I think that when we, um, like you were saying, like I think our, inst- I mean, we got into this business. Most of us are helpers. Like we're, yeah. we have a skill. We want to share with other people. Um, I, you know, I work in a, in a mostly femme female space, a lot of women and, um, female and identifying folks are like, they're givers. Um, Mm -hmm. but sometimes we don't realize that when we give too much of ourselves, we're not really doing our client a service. Um, so that's why, again, I like to write up front during the sales call, the onboarding email. I like to set expectations, um, I talked about the um, onboarding questionnaire. I like to um, have those set up in such a way that folks uh, know what my boundaries are. For example, um, my Dubsado VIP day, where I set up Dubsado for some for um, for folks, that includes one um, client journey for one offer. But some folks forget that and they try and sneak in multiples. So my onboarding questionnaire is very clear. Like here, write the name of the one client journey that you're going to write about today. <laughs> yeah, you just don't, don't give them any room. Exactly. To, yeah. We are going to take a quick break to thank the sponsor of this week's episode. If you've listened to the past few episodes, then you know that one of my goals for the new year is to live a healthy and balanced lifestyle. And one of the ways that I'm doing so is by using my Nutter plant-based milk machine. So the plant-based milk trend is definitely here to stay with oat milks and almond milks and coconut milks, but have you ever actually thought about what goes into those milks? A lot of store-bought nut milks are filled with additives, preservatives, and added sugars, and that is just not something that I need in my life. Making homemade plant-based milk is now quick and easy thanks to the Nutter Machine. With just nuts and water, you can create delicious, nutritious plant-based milk with just the touch of a button in as little as five minutes. And the best part, you can create any plant-based milk. So oat milk, almond, cashew, hemp, coconut, soy, and so much more. Just for the CYA podcast listeners, we're offering an exclusive 10% off with the code CYA10, but definitely hurry because this deal will not last long. And that, again, is CYA10 for 10% off at Nutter Machine. I could not be more excited about the sponsor that we are about to tell you guys about, Pura. I'm sure you've heard of them, but if you haven't, Pura is the very first smart home fragrance diffuser, which you might be thinking to yourself, I'm sorry, what is a smart home fragrance diffuser? Um, Basically... Your Pura is a diffuser that you can connect to an app on your phone and you can control the intensity, set schedules, and turn on and off your scents. You can swap your scents. You, there's like a little nightlight. There's just so many things you can do with your Pura. And I am specifically excited about the fact that you can turn it either up or it down as mm-hmm. like as far as how much scent is going to be coming out. Um, I know that Katie likes to have hers literally ramped to the max to the point where her dog sitter was like, I had to turn it off because it was too she much. Had to, she had to unplug it because she was like, it's too much scent. Yes. And I'm like cranking through scents like so quick. It's yes. crazy. For me, I actually, I usually like like a pretty intense scent, but I ended up turning it down to like literally 1%. Um, it's like, 
out of 10. So not 1%, so, but it was on scale 1 out of 10. Um, and it it's made it last, like, a really long time. Um, but you genuinely yes. can still smell it. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know, I'm I'm very uh, impressed with the amount of scents that they offer. Yeah, and even your favorite candle, yeah. your favorite candle scents, they have Capri Blue, they have Nest, they have Anthropology scents, they have Day, they have Studio McGee, they have Brooklyn Candle Company, they have your favorite scents that you go into the store to buy as a candle. I can almost guarantee you that they're going to have that on Pira. They have over 35 premium fragrance brands that you know and love. And their fragrances are premium and high-end, and they're clean. They don't have chemicals, additives. They're safe for pets. And Alexis, this is really good for you because you live in an apartment where you can't have candles. So this is a solution for you to have the sense of like your favorite candles that you bought before you moved into that apartment in your house. Exactly. And that's why I I had felt like with the whole... um, like diffusers and like plugins, there weren't just there weren't that many options. Um, yes. So I'm very excited about this, and I love that they have different partnerships with um, the kind of uh, big name brands like Disney, Anthropology, Tommy Bahama, um, Studio McGee, like just so many different options, and they're constantly coming out with with new stuff. So it really keeps you updated. You can use code PCYAP15 for 15% off your first order. And I highly recommend, seriously, this is a product that I am, I mean, we don't accept any sponsors that we don't love already, but this is one that Katie and I were like, holy crap, this is amazing. So yeah, I've, I used Pura long before they became a sponsor of the podcast and I will continue to use them. Also a great gift, but again, use code PCYAP15 for 15% off your first order on Pura's website. And I think that goes for every part of our business, specifically our time. I also am a, like a productivity time management specialist. I do workshops yeah. on time management. And one of the things I really try to impress on people is that you need to protect your time and it's a kind boundary for the benefit of your client. Like if you are burnt out and you go to a client meeting when you really should be taking a nap, you're going to be like a zombie during the meeting. You're not going to be taking anything Mm -hmm. in. Um, And if you're just letting your clients, you know, and it's not like clients are trying to take advantage of us. This goes back to they don't know unless we tell them. And they're going to be grateful if we tell them because they want... They want the best service from you. Um, so yeah, I think every every possible scenario in which you can put a boundary, put a boundary. <laughs> it's my philosophy. And then you can yes. always take it away once a trust is built with clients. 100%. Yeah. And I feel like something that people get mixed up a lot, and I'm, I'm sure you feel the same way, is I think people sometimes, especially at the beginning of their journey owning a business and starting to set boundaries, they think, you know, setting a boundary means I'm not going above and beyond. And that's not what it means. And it it doesn't have to mean that. Like, I think you, I have an example of a client. There was a client that I had at the beginning of my um, service provider journey who, and now that part of this was my fault, I didn't communicate my boundaries well enough, but he would call me at like 9 p.m. on like Saturdays. And like, I'm, at dinner with my boyfriend. Like, I'm not going to be able to give you what you need from what you're asking me right now. And if you're texting me at 9 p.m. on a Saturday and open the text, the chances of me forgetting that I ever even got that text by Monday are really high. It's also social media. It's not that big of a deal. Like, (laughs) so, like, so anyway, I, you know, after that set a boundary that said, you know, if you, if your time that you are working is the nighttime, I understand. You know, maybe you have a side hustle. Maybe this isn't your full-time thing. But if you have a question after 9 to 5, you have to email it to me. 
and otherwise it you know there's a chance it will never be seen if you email it to me I will get back to you during business hours um but I think setting those boundaries lets not only me enjoy the part of my life that because I always say I mean we're working nine to five so that we can have fun five to nine like you're not just working because you want to work all the time like that's not really how our brains work we want to have fun you're working so you can provide yourself the fun that you want to have um so when you're having the fun you should be having the fun but also you're not you know I'm not at my computer I can't look for what you need I'm not plugged in so I feel like um I I, the different mindset of you're not you know not giving you're not not going above and beyond there's different ways to go above and beyond while you're on the clock you're just making it so that you actually can go above and beyond and you're not like working 24 seven and trying to get things back to people immediately after they ask for them. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's our job to set those kind boundaries, which I love your story of saying, Hey, you can email me during the working hours and you know, we can set those boundaries. And if someone continually, continuously, pushes or tests our boundaries like you can dump their ass like there are so Mm -hmm. many amazing clients to work with Mm -hmm. and if you are working with someone who is not respecting your boundaries as a client they are sucking out your energy that you could be putting towards an amazing client yeah every time you know it's sometimes it can be really hard to let go of a client but I think everyone who's done so will find that the next day or the next week or the next month, that space is filled with someone who really, really matches their values. Yes, that definitely. is hilarious. I'm Alexis like laughing. smiling because that's happened to me like, that's happened to me and so I'm, many times. I'm literally I'll be having always these, like, the one that's like, crises. dump their ass. <laughs> like, yes, no, I know. I'm, I'm like ass. having these, like these crises <laughs> or like I lose a client who like wasn't really aligned with me in the first place. And I'm like literally having a crisis because I feel like there's always that panic, you know, no matter what it is, there's always just that panic because you're like, I know another one's coming, but I don't know 100%, when, but I also kind of yeah, do, you right. know? Yeah. Um, but I feel like you're so right about that energy. And I think that having clients who take the amount of energy that, you know, they should be taking and not draining your energy, like your mental yeah. energy, um, is really important and really makes a huge difference. Um, but I know if you're listening and you're like, okay, but what it's if I so much easier because it's scary. Yeah, it, it definitely is scary. And there's definitely a, a panic. I, um, wait, wait, okay. wait, 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 wait. I want to uh, before okay. before I want to say an analogy that during my master's at SCAD, it helped me so much to like, just picture in my mind. And this is more so like my master's was in leadership. So it was more so in like a corporate sense but I very much feel like it could apply in a both a customer sense and more so client um like service-based service provider but the analogy that one of my professors gave was that with a working relationship if you think of it as like a rubber band your intention is or not intention your first instinct is to stretch it out because you want to have like you want to seem easygoing. You want to show that you're, you know, open. You want to show that you are, um, you know, fun to be around and like whatever. But then the problem with immediately stretching out that, sorry, there's a fire truck. Um, (laughs) But the problem with immediately stretching out that rubber band is that it's going to be very difficult, more so impossible for it to come back in and be you know the way that it once was tight so in the way that the analogy went in this class was that 
if you're a leader and you have an employee and you, they come in and you're like, I'm the fun boss, like you can do whatever you want. And then they turn out to be an employee that really needs like a lot of discipline and needs a lot of, you know, kind of like handholding and needs um, structure, then that is going to be very difficult for you to backtrack and set in place later. And I think it's the exact same thing with clients. You can't afterwards having already like, I'm sorry, Katie, I'm going to use you as an example at at your detriment, but you (laughs) can't, (laughs) sorry, you can't answer a call at 9 p.m. on a Saturday and then the next time be like, I'm not answering this call. You know, like you can and you should, but after that first call, then the guy is going to be like, why the hell did you answer it the first time then? You know, Mm -hmm. so setting that in place in the beginning and Katie all has all of this already now in place. This was a while ago, but I've now learned. Yeah, Katie's now (laughs) now learned this, but I think I literally use that exact analogy with Katie when that happened, because I think Mm -hmm. that like you can't you can't turn the wheels back. It's already happened, you know, because then it's rude. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And if you think about it in reverse, the reverse situation where if you have those really strong boundaries in place and your client respects it and then Mm -hmm. they call you at 9 p.m. on a Saturday, then you can go this must be really important and maybe I can right. give them a solid and they'll yeah. appreciate it because they know how uh, out of the ordinary this is. And then yes. you're a hero. Yes. Exactly. I no, love exactly. That. I love that. Okay. So kind of going back to losing clients or letting clients go, or if you're a service provider who has like a, you know, a time period, it's not a monthly retainer, you know, you're not going to be working with this person forever. Offboarding. I feel like this is something that's talked about probably the least. I feel like people don't talk about offboarding, what you should include. I don't even begin to understand. I will be the first to say, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing when I'm offboarding people. So tell me, what should be included in (laughs) offboarding? What is it? What is it? What should be included? What is kind of the point of it? And, you know, just why should people be worried about it in the first place? Oh my gosh, I've got you. Yeah, I feel like this is such a missed opportunity. I, you know, I've done however many Dubsado setups since I started working with Dubsado. Mm-hmm. I have yet to work with someone, even before that, when I was an, uh, an online business manager on retainer, almost no one, no one has offboarding set up. Yeah. Um, and I understand why, because when you're done working with someone, you are busy and you are on to the next thing. You're like, here's your stuff. Yeah. Bye. Like, I get it. But if you can do offboarding, like it's just such a beautiful opportunity to continue the relationship and leave an amazing last impression. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you all the things I like to include in on offboarding, kind of like the template where I start. It's I start with this template with basically every single client that I um, do client journeys for, and then we kind of you know take put things in and take things out based on what they need. But we start with, of course, delivering the. Um, product or service or whatever that is in a an organized fashion. Um, if you're having an offboarding call, that call better be recorded. Um, you better mm-hmm. have instructions on how to use whatever it is you're giving your client um, or some sort of, you know, maybe even if you're a coach and you're doing sessions, maybe you give them like, here's your final notes and here's how you can use it once we're gone. Like a way that they can feel supported once you step out of the picture. Mm-hmm. So that's delivery, obvious. And then you can get your final testimony or feedback from them. 
I actually like to ask for feedback when I'm, you know, I do VIP days, but when I would do longer engagements and longer projects, I actually would like to ask for feedback or testimonials in the middle or towards the end because then they're still excited and they're in it with you. But guess what? You can ask for feedback as many times as you want because people don't always um, respond or sometimes they like to give feedback more than once. This is great because you are getting a testimonial with permission that you can use for marketing. Um, But you're also, you frame it as like, this is helping me improve my service. So if something's not going right, you can fix it for the next person or alleviate it with the current client. So it's good to ask for feedback. And then I love to do the one month check-in, three month check-in, six month check-in, one year check-in, depending on the type of work you do or the relationship you have, you're just checking in. So they feel continually supported. um, And you also stay top of mind. Now, here's the key. Everyone would love to do all these things um, because that's how you can get new clients, right? Or return clients is when you check in with them, stay top of mind. But who, like, how do we remember to do this? The key is you have to have it all automated. (laughs) Right. Which is why, again, I love Dubsado is like, I have all of this completely automated. Right. Um, Otherwise, like, you're busy. It's not happening. (laughs) It's not happening. I've never seen it done. Um, You could schedule reminders in your project management tool, but I think this is where automation really plays a huge role. Yeah. I think especially, like, with offboarding, you, I mean, you kind of already said it, but at that point, you're so, like, even if it was a positive experience, you're just, in your mind, you're already on to the next thing. So, like, I can just so imagine, even myself, and I'm not a service provider, but I can just so imagine myself literally like in my planner just writing it for the next day and then writing for the next day and then the next day and then it's been way too long and it's not even like relevant anymore so I completely agree I think that automating is like very vital especially in this in this case um but I think something that I am interested in hearing your perspective on is obviously we've all you know I what used to be a service provider so we've all gotten the email that our heart sinks and we're like, oh crap, something, there, a client isn't, you know, pleased with something, something, I made like a stupid mistake, whatever. We've all had that in some capacity, no matter how small or large. But sometimes I think that there's cases where maybe we aren't being given like exact feedback and there might be a part of our client experience that we're not realizing, we're not doing like the best that we can. So I want to get your perspective on like, how can we realize these aspects and how can we change them? Totally. Oh my gosh. There's so many, there's so many things coming to my mind. First of all, what I like to say is, um, well, if you get an email like that or, you know, whatever, you get feedback that is not super positive, right. it's okay to feel sad. Let's take a moment and go, right. man, that really sucks. Sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be gentle with ourselves because, you know, we're doing our best out here. And then once we take that moment for ourselves, we say, okay, I'm learning. I'm a human. I am growing Mm -hmm. a business. Um, They're, you know, every business owner, no matter how successful they get, they're always trying things new. Um, They're always improving. So this is totally normal to get this. You're also human. You're also human. (laughs) And you should be grateful that someone is telling you because a lot of people are polite Mm. and they don't tell you. So we can take this and say, okay, so this is now information that I can use to improve my service. So if they're really unhappy, you better email them back ASAP, say, oh my gosh, I am, I, I thank you for telling me. I apologize that you had this experience. Let's figure it out, whatever that might look like. Mm-hmm. And then you can use it moving forward. 
I also want to give the caveat because I've seen this happen a lot where um, a client will give feedback and then my client will get their client's feedback and go, oh my gosh, I need to change this part. Because you're going to get a ton of different ideas of how you should run your business differently. And you cannot implement all of them. So you kind of have to do a check-in with yourself of, okay, is this really good? Like, will I, like, does this really feel in alignment that I should make Mm. this change in my process? Mm -hmm. Yes. And 100%. is this something that more than one person has brought up? Yes. Is it common? Is it common? If one person said, you know, what, I can't even think of an example right now, but if one person's like, oh, I was confused about, oh, I have an example. If one person is confused about, oh, I was, I was not sure when to book this call for, and no one ever else has said that, I will write back <laughs> right. and say, thank you so much for your feedback so that I can be more clear in the future. Can you let me know where in the email was confusing? And mm. they usually write back, oh, I just didn't really read the email. <laughs> yeah, sorry, right. I can't help you read. Like, you have to read the email. Yes. Right. So you have to know kind of when is there a time that it's on you and when is it like an external factor that like you really just yeah. can't control. Right. Yeah, and you know, I feel like you're, you're like always going to have clients like that where like I have experiences where maybe the client isn't quite working with you, so the results that they're getting aren't as good as another one of your clients. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at that point, you just kind of have to be, you know, you don't need to change all your processes to like hunt these people down to try to get them to work with you. It's, you know, you given them the tools, you've let them know if, you know, especially in social, if, you know, if they're giving literally nothing, if they're giving you no content, no photos, no anything. Right. What can you do, you know? So I feel like knowing that is really important to kind of just like protect your own like mental sanity. Because, like you said, if you jump at every single time you get feedback it, to change everything, your business is going to be like all over the place all Different the time. Different at week to like month to month. <laughs> like, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then it's becoming complicated for the client, the new clients, because your system's really complicated. Your process is complicated. And also, you know, we want to be supportive. We want to make things easy for our client. But also at the end of the day, like... I personally, I'm not a mom for a reason. I don't want to have to <laughs> hold your hand. Like, go ask your mom for help, not me. Yeah. You know, like, there is ask some... Ask Google. Like, ask Google. Like, at a yeah. certain point, there needs to be some accountability from the client. But totally. you can say that only after you know that you've done everything you can do to support them. Right. Definitely. Yeah, and I, I like what you said about asking for clarification and being like, you know, in all of this, you have to do all of this stuff in a nice way. You can't be like, it, see the email at this line you know like yeah you can't do that you just have to be like oh can you let me know like what about this was you know difficult for you to navigate or things like that um and I think that that's a really a really good way to kind of push them because they might be like okay this email so this sentence in the email makes no sense and you read it and you're like that doesn't make any sense you know but you might read like they they, a lot of times they'll catch it themselves like you said if it really is not a problem absolutely I in my experience when I get that feedback of something wasn't clear 30% of the time they're like oh if you just bold this sentence that would be helpful for me Mm -hmm. 70% of the time literally people just don't read emails and I'm like, I can only make it so clear. I'm a good email writer. I know that for sure. So sometimes, no, yeah. No, that is, that. okay, that is like, for me, the best tip of this entire episode is bolding <laughs> yes. things in emails because I, I'm specifically thinking about like sponsors, but I started like, I mean, like literally for the podcast, I've started bolding 
things that like are important and I have seen such a better like return on like you know the effort of communicating with these people that sounds bad but you know what I mean like our communication is much more seamless and like less back and forth because they're actually I don't want it to make it sound like they're not doing their job by reading these emails but people just naturally you know like skim so people are busy yeah. People mm-hmm. have ADHD. People yeah. have kids pulling their attention. People yep. are dyslexic. There yep. are, are a million different things. So yeah, if, another hot tip if you want to write better yes. emails, Google how to write better emails for people with dyslexia and ADHD. Yeah. Write all mm-hmm. of your emails that way because mm-hmm. you're going to yeah. space things out. I know. I was about things. to say you need Bullet to enter. Points. Like I'm. I, yeah, it needs to be so easy. Also, I mean, part of that is if somebody says this giant chunk of text in your email was not something I wanted to read, yeah. then yeah. maybe like cut out like cut out the crap that you don't need. Like yeah. I think yeah. it can be fun to be like, I'm gonna put the cutesiest, most fun text in here, and I'm gonna include all these cute little phrases that I came up with for my copywriting. But like at some point, people want to know, okay, I paid you a thousand dollars. What do I need to do to get the yeah. shit that I just paid for? Like, yeah. You know, rule of thumb, true, brief. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Okay. So moving on from ways we might be giving clients a bad experience without realizing it. Okay. So one of our favorite questions that we ask at the end of every um, interview is we love to ask for actionable tips. So if somebody listening right now, they're ready to take action, they want to up-level their client experience, what are some creative ways that they can up-level their client experience right now that they might not have thought of before? Woo. Okay. Well, so I'll start from 101. If you are 101, never even thought about client experience, go to my website, devinlee.com, D-E-V-I-N-L-E-E.com. Download my free workbook, the Elevated Client Journey Workbook. And it's going to take you step by step how to write out the whole client journey, how to refine it to make sure that you have the foundations in place. And then once you have the foundations in place, then you can kind of get a little spicy. You can add in your touch. Really think about your brand. My brand is like hella silly. I'm like, we're having fun. We're having a party. So I'm sending Mm -hmm. client gifts when they sign on to thank them. I'm using a lot of gifts and emojis and my brand colors and adding a lot of sass in um, and just trying to make it really fun. Um, If you, maybe your brand is more gentle, maybe you sit and you write, I mean, we should all be writing heartfelt content, but maybe you're really taking time to write gorgeous, heartfelt, gentle emails that are giving people Mm -hmm. little tips on how to take care of themselves. Like think about how you want to express your brand to your client and then just add in a little bit of spice here and there. Make it colorful. Zhuzh it up. I love that. Amazing. Okay, so moving on to this week's random question. So this episode is coming out at some point when it is closer to spring than it is right now. Probably March or February or something like that. (laughs) Alexis knows more than me about that. But today's random question is, (laughs) what is something you are looking forward to this spring? So Devin, you can start us off and let everybody know what you're most looking forward to in spring. I have the best answer. I'm taking a big friend group trip to Japan. Oh my God. That is so fun. That's so yes. exciting. And since I'm the only one who's been before, I am planning it. I made a custom Notion project. There are oh, multiple yeah. pages and I databases. Uh, I so am I'm, in love. Yes. So if you ever go to Japan, let me know. I'll send you the Notion template um, that I made. But um, 
I'm having fun planning a trip to Japan and then I am so excited to be in Japan with my like six best friends. <laughs> that sounds okay, so that fun. Is, there's nothing quite like a best friends trip. I feel like that's like when you grow up and you realize that like finally everybody like has enough money to go on Two a trip. Because <laughs> in college, like college spring break was like, what's the cheapest thing we can do with like the most amount of people and like the least amount of beds. Um, but I love that. Okay, Alexis, what are you looking forward to this spring? Um, I know. Well, actually, no, you don't, because I wrote this question, and I realized after I wrote it that, oh, I probably should be more excited. I mean, I am very excited for the thing that you think I'm going to say. You think I'm going to say my wedding, which is very exciting, Um, Mm -hmm. but... Congratulations! Thank you. (laughs) Appreciate it. Um, But no, the reason why I wrote this question was because I live in Vermont, Devin, if you didn't... Why would you know that? I live in Vermont. Um, And... It was so freaking cold walking from the car to the gym this morning. And, like, I don't want to wear, like, a jacket because, like, I wear, like, a sweatshirt, but I don't want to wear, like, a winter jacket. So, literally, I wrote this question because I wanted to say, like, I cannot wait until I am able to wear even just, like, a t-shirt walking from my car to the gym and not, like, literally get frostbite in less than a minute. Um... Yeah, that is my thing that I'm looking forward to in spring, but I'd say the thing I'm looking forward to in May is getting married. You know, that'll be okay. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> we Katie. love to hear it. Katie. Um, I didn't think about my answer to this at all, so I've been sitting here trying to think of something while everybody's been talking, and the best that I've been able to come up with is just travel, um, but that's kind of spring and summer because I'm mm-hmm. going to Alexis's wedding, um, which is in, for me, June. Yes. Um, And then I am... It's complicated. She's getting married. I'm She's doing a whole bunch of and having things. a party. So it's, yes, you know. not, I didn't just make up my done, own. Very curious. Yeah, I didn't just make up my own date for the wedding. So that's she June. shows up and a then, month. Then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was wondering. <laughs> yeah, and then um, in July, I am going to Montana for a week with my dad, and hopefully Jonah is going to come too, um, at least for part of it. Um, my dad goes to Montana during the summer for like. I think he went for six weeks last summer. He might be going for like eight this summer. He's like doing like this, like he's not retiring, but he's starting to like take the summers off. (laughs) So he's going to Montana. And last summer I was the only one in my family who wasn't invited, um, which hurted my feelings. Cause she's Uh, a girl. But it wasn't even the reason why. No, it wasn't even that deep. I just like, they were doing hunting things and I didn't want to do them. But this year he like is inviting me and we're doing things that I would like. Um, I've never been out West, so that's exciting. And then I swear I have more travel. I can't even think of what it is, but I'm excited to travel. The wedding. I feel like I didn't. The other wedding. Oh, yeah. I have another wedding. It's wedding um, season. Yes. It is. But I feel like I didn't travel very much in 2022. Um, I don't know. I just didn't. I think I went like two places, maybe. Like actually maybe only two, maybe not even two, maybe one. Only mm-hmm. Nashville, maybe. I'm not sure. But I'm excited to travel this year. Um, okay. But Devin, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Slay today. episode. I already yes, know. This episode has been so amazing. Fun. I know our listeners are going to gain so much. I know I'll be re-listening to this when it comes out. That's the best thing about recording in advance is that I get to re-listen and forget literally everything that the guest said. So that I can <laughs> it all again. Um, but why don't you go ahead and plug yourself and tell people where they can connect with you after listening to the episode. Absolutely. So like I said before, uh, my website is devinlee.com, D-E-V-I-N-L-E-E.com, where you can learn about my current services. I have a Dubsado in a day set up VIP day. I also have a quarterly planning party if you want to learn more about that. Um, I hang out the most on Instagram and TikTok now. That's new for me. 
Um, my handle on both is at Devin Lee OBM. Um, yeah, so come say hi to me on any of those places. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Check Your Aesthetic Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and want more, follow us on Instagram at Check Your Aesthetic and TikTok at Check Your Aesthetic Podcast. If you want to support our show, text the link to this episode to a friend, share when you listen to CYA on your story, or leave a positive rating or review wherever you're listening to this episode. If you want to hear more from us, be sure to hit the follow button on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll talk to you next Monday. See ya. Thank you.